Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Um, this morning, I'm proud to present Pastor Jason to you in one piece. <laughs> this morning, this morning, this You'll man, clap later, yeah, this man got why. out of bed and he does as he always does. He <laughs> enters into God's presence in prayer for this church, for this service, for the message, for the word. And he was just living large. And then suddenly, then suddenly... Yeah. 19 things began to come against him, both from the inside and from the outside. And on our way here, he's like, I'm going left so that we don't get stuck behind a train. So instead, we got stuck behind a distracted driver who was like off the road and just driving so slow. And I honestly thought that his head might implode. And he just did so well. There was breathing. There was face rubbing that happened. And the kids were watching him. And I was like, man, you're doing great. You're doing great. So as we were praying, the Holy Spirit just said, I am with you. Yeah. I am with you. He is God with us. And he was with us. His presence was with us in our trials, in those moments. Not because we didn't get upset. Not because... Uh, we were just like, Lord, I just bless this slow driver. I just love them in Jesus' name. That is not what he was thinking. I promise you. Nope. nope I promise nope, nope, nope. you. But what he was thinking, he took it and he 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 didn't act on it. He didn't allow those those thoughts and those feelings to to take him off course. And God, he, he reached out and he kind of plugged into the Holy Spirit and he kept control in his spirit man. So what the Holy Spirit kind of was saying to me this morning was, you know, we come to church and we come to worship. We come to hear the word and it's easy here. God's presence is here this morning. God's presence is here. You can enter in. You can plug in. You can feel it. But if you can't do it here, if you can't set aside your thoughts, your feelings, what you're wearing, what someone else is wearing, the way someone looked at you when you came in, if you can't do it here, then what hope is there in the middle of Wegmans or behind a slow driver? Because his presence, he makes it so accessible here. And we do it here. And the stronger we get at doing it here, this is my testimony, the stronger I got at doing it at church when it was easy, the more I was able to do it then when it was harder and harder. This is like the gym. This is like the spiritual gym. It's easy to work out once you get your foot in the gym. Sometimes it's hard to get there. I know it's hard to get to church sometimes, but here is where you practice the presence of God. You practice standing in truth. You practice setting aside distractions, those thoughts and those feelings that are real and valid, but not truth or not in charge, not in control. So church, I encourage you today to enter in to the presence of God, to practice, to flex the spiritual muscles so that when we go out, we go out as a strong church. We go out as people who don't flip out when they're cut off in traffic, which we have done. But we practice here so that we can perform, not perform, but so that we can so that we can be in his presence out there and we can do mighty works in his name and we can stand strong in the midst of struggle out there. Amen, 
Well, stand with me, church. Certainly was a miracle of heaven this morning. <laughs> you did it. I did it. He, he helped me do it. Honestly, he helped me do it. Plus the fact there were kids in the car, and I thought it might be a guest at our church, so I didn't want to cut him off. Just kidding. Not really. Okay, guys, what I want to read out of <laughs> uh, Psalm 40 this morning, what Pastor Liz was saying is spot on. It's exactly, being in his presence is so good and so refreshing. It's exactly where we need to be. And I'm going to read this more as a declaration. So I'm going to read it as a declaration of what we're going to do this morning. Amen? Amen. What are we going to do this morning? And here's what we're going to do. I will proclaim the good news of the righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I will not restrain my lips. O Lord, you yourself know. I will not hide your righteousness within my heart. I will declare your faithfulness and your salvation. I will not conceal your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. So, Father, as we worship you, as we come before you, Lord, we will declare your goodness. We will declare your faithfulness. We will declare your mercies are new every single day. We will declare that you have rest for those who are laboring and who are weary and who need you to pick them up. Father, we declare this morning that you are the great I am. You are all that we need. We come before you today with needs, Father God, but we turn our eyes to you, for you are the great I am. So, Father, we worship you this morning. We give you honor. We give you praise. We worship your holy name. In your precious name we pray. Church, do not restrain yourself this morning. Press into the presence of God. Come boldly to the throne and receive all that you need. He is worthy of our worship. And he is generous in pouring out to his children this morning. stay in this attitude of worship. We're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit right now because I feel like there's a word that he wants to bring and I know that it's not through me. So we're just going to wait and we're going to worship and we're just going to wait in his presence because there's somebody here the Holy Spirit is pressing in on you and he's got something he wants to say so we're just going to wait to me that um, your praises have ascended to my presence. They're pleasing to my ear. And I've chosen to come down and walk among you this day. So receive me and give me all the honor that I deserve.
a church, we come together to worship the King, the only King. We also come together to fellowship, which means to actually, you know, talk to each other and, and encourage one another. Um, we come together to partake of the, the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus and to remember him. To remember Jesus. He said, do this in remembrance of me. It doesn't mean to fondly recollect Jesus. It means to remember the blood of Jesus today is real. It is covering you. It is real. It is covering your marriages. It is where your wholeness of body is. It is where your provision and your abundance lies. It is covering your children And so we come to the table and we partake of the body and blood, but don't do it lightly, church. Do it laying down every bitterness and unforgiveness. That's a process. You do it week after week after week, but you just do it. It's a process. Laying down anything that would hinder you from receiving from heaven. Woundedness, things you can't control. Needs, hurts, anger. We lay it all down and we remember Jesus and we enthrone him above all the other things. And for a minute, we stop trying to work it out ourselves. For a minute, we put our own reasoning aside and we practice that so we can do it for all the minutes. So church, we're going we're gonna to take communion this morning and we're going to remember Jesus. The plate in the center is gluten-free now. All right. I was waiting. (laughs) Come on up, Kara. So I feel like the Lord is saying that the healing of his blood, the protectiveness of his blood, these are fruits of his blood. But his blood is covenant. It's a covenant. It's a binding agreement with two parties. Jesus came, shed his blood. So we are now in covenant with the Father because he longs for us. He longs for us. That is the root of everything. Every trial, everything we go through is to bring us closer to him. He doesn't bring it, but he uses it. And it is all because he longs. He longs for us. Jesus came because he longs for us. We thank you, Lord, for your covenant with us. We are bound with you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you for this blood covenant that you gave, Jesus. We thank you for making that so real to each one of us individually that we are bound to you in love. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. I release you to come down while you guys will move to the center and come down to the table and then you circle back around to your seats and you hold on to the elements and when you get back to your seats, Pastor Jason will come up and we'll take communion together. Thank you, Jesus. 
Church, I have a few things to say. As we stand here and we watch y'all come up and get communion, I don't know, it's special for us because we've been entrusted by the Lord to present the table, I guess. You know? We've been entrusted by him in this church or in this this part of the church, right? We're all we're part of a bigger church, but in this body, we have been entrusted to present the table. So as we watch y'all come up, it's special like every week. But when we see this host of children coming up, church, you've got to know that they matter so much. They matter so much in the kingdom of God. And in case any of y'all were wondering, we are okay with kids taking communion. If you are taking it, if you are taking it in the fullness of remembering Jesus, of bringing that power of the blood, if you're doing that with them and in front of them, you don't have to give them a Bible lesson every Sunday. They're watching you and they're getting it. They're getting it. Your reverence. Your awe in that moment is their awe in that moment. Even if they're wiggling on the floor and chomping on their cracker. They're getting it. So I want to encourage you in that. And I want to say that this covenant relationship that we have with the Father is yours. You didn't earn it. It, It doesn't get stronger when you're good. And weaker when you're bad. And church, I want to know, what are you going to do to walk in that covenant every day? What are you going to do to stand up to condemnation that comes and tries to steal it from you? Performance and striving, good works, good deeds, religious, a religious spirit is so strong in this area, in the eerie area. It's so strong in the United States of America. And it's got to go. I talk about it a lot and I'm not going to stop because it will not live here in the name of Jesus. You are worthy because he calls you worthy. That's right. The promises of the word are yours. Not because you know chapter and verse of where they are, but because you stand on them. The devil will tell you, you misquoted that verse. What makes you think that God is with you when you can't even remember the verse? God is with me. I will not fear. And when I stand against you, you've got to flee in Jesus' name. You go recite your chapter and verse in the mirror, devil, because I don't need to have it all memorized for it to apply. It applies to me from beginning to end. Sorry, I'm yelling at you. This is how I do it. This is how I do it. It's all good. It's all good. If you need a soft place to land, this is your guy. This is why I married him. And this is why we're raising up a little army in the Ackerman household. They know they are loved and they know that they will not be allowed to walk in anything. They will not be allowed to partake of one little crumb that has not come from the father's hand. Nothing. We only partake from the father. So this morning we are going to take communion together. But church, I challenge you when you wake up in the morning. You say, covenant with the Father is mine. I am loved already. And I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. And then you walk in it. And you will see power and grace begin to flow into areas of your life that you have been struggling with for years. When you surrender. When you take your hands off of it and and pray the word and pray the covenant, the blood of Jesus into it.
We remember Jesus by walking in the covenant, by walking in the fullness of it. It honors him. It's why he came. So let's own it, church. Let's walk in it with power to bring freedom in our lives, freedom for our children, and freedom for the world that we are sent out to win, to show them the covenant, to show them Jesus. Father, we just thank you for this covenant. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice, for your blood shed, for your body broken. Thank you for the price that you paid. Father, we receive that covenant today. We walk in that covenant today. Father, thank you for your healing physically, spiritually, emotionally, and all the ways of the cross. Father, we thank you that it is as real today, these elements, this table, this communion is as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. So Lord, we remember today Father, help us to remember tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and all the days. Your precious name. Thank you. Thank you. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and we had given thanks. He broke it and he said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Well, church, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord this morning. The altar is open. I just come and praise him and worship him and be led as you always are. Amen. He is holy. He is holy and he will not share his glory. He is without rival. And as we were singing that song, I could see, I could see the men and women of this church walking into their homes in authority and declaring that Jesus is enthroned on high in this place. I could see the men and women of this church taking authority over their marriages in the name of Jesus and placing Jesus as king enthroned on high, the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One of Erie Christian Fellowship Church, the Holy One. But he has no rival. So men, women, children, take authority over your bedroom. Take authority 
authority over your attitudes. Take authority over your own hearts. But have your ears turned on because he will not have a rival. And so when he whispers to you, this is in the way. This is keeping you. Because our intention, our desire is to enthrone him. Our intention, our desire is to walk fully in all that we that we know him to be in every promise. But in the everyday, we turn to other things and we all have our things. So when he whispers to you your thing, don't hide it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of it. Because if it's fear, I'm with you. If it's striving and performance, you're not alone. If it's pornography, you are not alone. If it's anger, you're not alone. The devil will lie to you and tell you you can't tell anybody. You can't be in the church and have problems. And so then people push their sin into the dark where it gets infected and it grows into a cancer and it destroys and it kills. And who does that work? The devil. He only comes to steal, to kill and destroy and he does it in the dark. So go home and enthrone Jesus over every situation. Enthrone him on the inside of you. Enthrone him, Lord and King, over my thoughts, my feelings, my will, my emotions, over my mouth, my heart. But when the Holy Spirit whispers to you, you need to make space and fear needs to go. Don't, don't, don't just say, fear you are my enemy and you've got to go in Jesus' name. And Father, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll hear whatever you say. I'll do whatever you say to make way for you to be king in every area of my life, every promise. And you take that sin and you pull it out into the light. And I promise you, in your humility and in your trust, you will not be abandoned. You will not be condemned. Not by, not by this church, not by these people. And let me find out that you were by someone who sits here stay, Sunday after Sunday. Because we will pull, we will shine light into the darkness. And we will not be afraid. We will confess our sins to one another and we will be healed. And if we will do this relying fully on the covenant relationship that we have with the Father, if we will do this, we will usher in a season of love and of grace that will change lives, not just ours. We will see people coming from wall to wall that y'all who have been here will then minister to we will see lives changed and we will see power in those days. Preaching my message before I'm doing it. That happens. That's good. I haven't seen his message. I don't even know the title. That's Holy Spirit working there. Okay. I just have a scripture to close out our time uh, time of worship. Therefore God also has highly exalted him Jesus, what a beautiful name. It's highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, we just thank you. Jesus, we thank you.
Thank you for meeting with us here today and being with us. Thank you for your covenant. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We're going to take a time to fellowship with one another, to greet one another. Um, we do a lot of things during this eight-minute break. <laughs> if you're new here, we welcome you. We welcome you to worship um, with us this morning. It's always a joy to worship together. Um, on the back of the seat is a connection card. If this is your first time, it's a great place to put your email. We'll send you a welcome email, and that'll give you a lot of the information that you might be interested in. Also, out in the lobby, there's a column, right? When you had to walk past it when you came in, there's a lot of information in that column about who we are, um, what we do, what we believe, kids ministry, kids ministry all kinds of things. Um, so that's there for you as well. Uh, the, t- the buckets for offering, tithes and offerings, will be up here during the break. You can bring your tithes and offerings cheerfully to the Lord. He is, I love the scripture, and this might be your offering scripture. He gives seed to the sower. That's my favorite thing. Like, I give him 10%, but he's given me the whole 100%. Like, he gives me all of it, and then I, he gives me the seed that I then sow. I didn't even, I mean... We work hard, but he gives me the seed and then I sow it. So do that with joy this morning. Your connection card also goes in that bucket. Um, and we'll, we'll take that. Uh, nursery's open, zero to three. Little's ministry, four, five, and six. If you have a child seven and older, kid corner is for you. Um, either I'll be over there or someone will be over there. We have guest bags um, for the kids to stay busy during sermon. We have books. We have little notes. They can take notes, which is crazy what kids hear. I mean, it's awesome. It's not crazy. It's awesome what they hear in church. Um, they can doodle and do all those things. So, is that it? Did I get it all? I think Let's did. take eight minutes and do all the things. All right, friends. There I am. All right. Let's gather for a few announcements. Um, number one, prayer and worship and prayer service is this Wednesday from 630 to 730. Um, we do it the first Wednesday of every month. We have worship and prayer. Um, it's pretty laid back. You can walk around and pray. It's just we create a space for you to come to step out once a month of the daily grind and to come and worship and pray and set aside that time. So I encourage you to come out to that. That's this Wednesday. Um, women to Women is they meet every other Saturday, usually up at the Rose Center at 8 a.m., this Saturday, we have a wedding going on on campus, and so women to women will be meeting at Joanna's house. Um, if you need that address, she's right up here, right up front. So if you go to women to women, or if you're interested in going to women to women, come up and see Joanna after service. Um, also, Joanna, I've connected with Pastor Andy, and him and someone will make a sign so that on Saturday morning, if anyone comes just on a whim, who didn't hear this announcement, there'll be a sign that says, hey, we're at Joanna's house. So that's all taken care of. Women to Women Ministry this Saturday at Joanna's house. I also want to let you guys know that next Sunday, uh, Pastor Jason and I and all eight of our children will not be here because we will be driving 14 hours to North Myrtle Beach to have our very first ever family beach vacation. So, yeah, we've never done it. Because, you know, the eight kids. Uh, Jason and I have been blessed. I mean, we have been blessed to be able to go to the beach quite a few times. We're beach people. We will be on the beach from morning till night 
we are beach people. Um, so just say a prayer for that drive, 14 hours, one way, and then, you know, back again. Um, and so we won't be here. Uh, we will miss you. Jeremy Gall will be here. And I say it every time. It's like the IV of faith. It's like straight to the veins. And I love hearing his testimonies. I just love being around Jeremy and Jocelyn. Um, they have a awesome ministry of uh, evangelism with signs and miracles. I mean, if you need prayer, get prayer. If you know someone that needs healing in their body, bring them because, um, they're awesome. We love them. And we're so thankful that they come and they minister to our church and they love to come. So they're going to be here next Sunday. All right, PJ, your turn. PJ stands for pastor Jason Ackerman. We go, we, we have nicknames. We shorten things up around the office. You know, we try to keep it brief, but they didn't know what PJ was that PJ and Pila are Liz and I. So guys, Hey, uh, that was not my offering scripture that I have this morning. Um, he gives seed to the sower. However, I do have some things I just want to share quickly. We've been talking about this has been a summer of miracles. And God has been doing miracle after miracle in our lives. And before service today, I just heard of a miracle that happened at the woman's prison locally that Crystal got to share with me. And I'm talking like supernatural miracle. There was a woman that was there. Uh, and of course, she's in prison, uh, but she was having a hard time walking. It grew, uh, grew progressively worse. She was limping. Then she had crutches. They needed to help her everywhere that she went. And Crystal was, you know, gone for a few weeks and didn't didn't see her and came back to serve or come back to the uh, prison. And then she came up to her and said, "Hey, I need to go to the restroom." And it goes like running down the hallway. And Crystal's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." What is happening? What is going on? Like, where's the crutches? Where's the wheelchair? Where's everything? And this lady's testimony is they, at the prison, they have a service, and they laid hands on her, and she was miraculously healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Cartilage grew where there was no cartilage before, and she is a literally a walking testimony. She is running and jumping and praising God. Amen? Sounds like the book of Acts to me. Yeah? I think we're still in the book of Acts. Yeah, I mean, it may have closed on chapter 28, but I feel like we're still working on it, yeah? I mean, it's the early church, but we are still the church, amen? So we just have seen so many miracles, we're so excited about that. Uh, just to want to say there are some ways to give. I don't know if we have a, a slide behind me, uh, but somebody was asking me about different ways to give. I would just encourage you, of course, you know, you can give by bringing your tithes and offerings, you know, the old-fashioned write a, write a check and, and bring it bring it to uh, the stage. A lot of people don't do that. There's other ways to direct deposit and text to give. Uh, and so if you're interested in any of that, just go to our website. I think there's some slides that rotate as well before and after the service. But if you can check those out, if you're interested in giving electronically in any way, you can do that. Just go to our website um, whenever. So that would be great. My uh, scripture this morning is Acts 20, verse 35. It says this, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you guys can say amen to that? So true. And it's great getting stuff. I don't know about you kids, you know, Christmas morning. I love getting gifts. You know, my birthday's coming up. We're going to be down at Myrtle Beach. Ooh. Timed well for my birthday. I mean, I love getting stuff. We all love getting stuff. But the Lord has spoken it, and it's so true. 
it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Because when we give, we give out of the abundance, out of the overflow of our heart. And God is a giver, and Jesus is a giver, and we're in his image when we're giving. Amen? And it's a wonderful thing. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver this morning. Lord, we thank you that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Father, thank you, Lord, that this church will be paid off in the name of Jesus. Father, we will be debt-free. Father, thank you, Lord, for the new parking lot out there. We just praise you, Lord, for paying for that. Lord, we thank you for the new sound system that's coming. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that as well, Lord. And you are meeting every need of not only this church, Father God, and of the staff, but also this congregation. So we give it all to you. And Father, as we get into your word today, Lord, that we would just have eyes to see and ears to hear more of who you are in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay, open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, if you weren't here last week, uh, we just started a new series, uh, and it's called The Sermon on the Mount, and we subtitled it The Way of Jesus. And as we'll see, as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to do this verse by verse. Typically, we do series that are you know, topical. We'll do something on healing, or we do the believer's authority, or attributes of God, uh, you guys know the ones we've done in the recent past. But I really felt led that we just need to walk through a passage of Scripture verse by verse. And I love this because there's no hiding. There's no hiding. And we'll look at a verse this morning that many of you maybe have read and did one of those, you know, like those sideway turns, like, what? What does that even mean? And you just kind of keep moving on, right? Most of you, I don't know, sometimes... You know, maybe you'll bust out a commentary or two. You'll start Googling details of what this verse means. I don't personally do that in my time in the morning. I got a few minutes. I'm reading the Bible and I'm moving on. So if I come across a scripture that I'm like, ah, I don't understand what that means, a lot of times I just keep moving on. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. However, when we're doing this series, we're not skipping any verses. Okay, we're just going to go right through it. It's going to go from, we looked at the end of uh, Matthew chapter 4 last week, which is like a preparation for the starting of the Sermon on the Mount, and it goes like about two and a half chapters uh, in Matthew, and we're going to start in Matthew 5 this morning. And what we're going to look at this morning is the Beatitudes, and I titled this portion of the message is, To Turn Your Attitudes Upside Down. Mmm. I know Pastor Liz said that, you know, she was the one who was get challenging you. Guess what? Today, guys, I'm going to be a challenger to you guys as well. Because this message really challenged myself. I was, I was being challenged going, oh my goodness, like, what is my attitude in daily life? How am I walking? And what, are the, what does this beatitude even mean? What does this look like? Now, there are eight beatitudes that we're going to read through. I'm going to cover a couple of them today. My goal is to get through the first four. I don't know if we'll get through all four. And then next week is Jeremy Gall. Then the week after that, I'll finish up uh, the beatitudes if we go. But I'm in no rush, guys. I'm in no rush to get through this. Through this. I, I truly believe that God's got a plan and a purpose on this series, uh, and so I'm in no rush at all. So let me read it to you first, and then we'll talk through it. Verse 1. In seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain. When he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, this is, like, this is the intro. Like, you know, like how important it is if anybody has studied homiletics or giving a message or preaching and everything. It's like the opening is like, it's the catcher. This is a good thing. We've got to pay attention to these words. 
And of course, all of Jesus' words are important. But here's what he said. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So we're going to look at those first four this morning. But how many of you have read verse 3 before? Blessed are the poor in spirit. And you did one of those. What? Wait a second, Jesus. I am not poor in any way, shape, or form. I was taught that God is my provider. There is no poverty. There is no sickness in this house. Right? And you begin, you, we, we attach something to a word. And I want to explain that. I'm going to go through that today so you guys understand what that is. Well, first of all, what is a beatitude? And I believe that Jesus here is really, he's turning our attitudes upside down. He's saying, in the world, both now and then when he was teaching this, the opposite is what was valued. The opposite, strength is valued. Prosperity is valued. And not that it's not valued today, but he is talking about our hearts. He's not talking about our bank accounts. Jesus is talking about our character. He's not talking about our leadership position. He is talking about who we really are on the inside, which many of us, including myself, we can fake it. Come on, church. How many of you faked it a little bit this week? My drive to church this morning, some of you were here, if you were here the, when, we, when, you, when we started worship, Liz gave the story of my drive to church this morning. I was faking it till I was making it. Because what happened before the drive, so I'll just back up for, for a second, I think I've mentioned this to you guys, one of my biggest pet peeves in my family, and my kids all know this, Noel, is when they can't find their shoes on a Sunday morning. And for whatever reason, it seems as though every Sunday morning there is an issue with one of my children's shoes. Now, I don't understand how hard it can be because there's like three main locations in the house where shoes could be. They're either in the breezeway, they're either in that closet, or they're by the back door. That's it. That's where shoes go. But for whatever reason, on a Sunday morning, one of the two shoes is gone. Totally gone. Nowhere to be, um, how many parents are shaking their head, right? Nowhere to be found. I, I, at some point this morning, I was instituting multiple other children to help this one child find shoes, not only to come to find out that another child was missing a shoe as well. And it's the only shoe that goes with the outfit. There's no alternatives. The sneakers aren't going to work. The fancy dress shoes aren't going to work. It needs to be a spring summery type, you know, sandal. Can't find it anywhere. So here's what's going on. So I am like, mm, okay, it's God is good. Everything's going to be great. And so I had a very stressful morning regarding shoes. And so I got into the car and I decided that I am going to take the way that doesn't have the train. Because if I go on the road that has a train when I'm running late every Sunday morning, the train undoubtedly will be there. I'm saying, Satan, I know your tricks. I know your ways. And I know the times of the trains. And because I'm running late, I will hit the train, so I am taking Mill Fair. God bless Mill Fair, Mill Creek and Fairview, for building the bridge in which I can go to the roundabout, which I now love, which I used to hate, and I can get over this bridge, no problem. 
Come on. And I turned onto Westlake Road, and right in front of me turned a minivan. And I'm not sure where she got her driving lessons from. I'm not sure if she could even read the speed limit signs, because the way she was driving was so slow. And I was like, really? I, I'm avoiding the train to get behind this. And I was, and Liz was sharing some of this. I mean, I was like, I was doing breathing exercises. You know, when you start to do all those things, like, thank you, Jesus, I'm about to preach this morning. Nothing's going to steal my joy. I mean, I am faking it till I'm making it. I am speaking what will be before it's actually there. And praise God, I had some kids in the car. Come on. Come on. How many of you are happy sometimes kids are in the car because you're about to say something right now that you're just like, hmm. Hi, guys. And they're watching. Yeah, kids are watching. So I'm driving. Oh, my goodness. I'm driving this. I'm just, I'm doing all the deep breaths. I'm, bre- I'm breathing. But to be honest, so as we were going, it, I just gave it to the Lord. I gave it to the Lord. I said, Lord, okay, I can't do this. I'm, sometimes we're hiding our feelings. And sometimes the Lord's just saying, just share them with me. Just let them be. Put them out there. I said, Lord, I am frustrated this morning. And God's like, it's okay. I'm with you. I get it. Missing shoes are a problem. That's stressful. People driving weird is stressful and, and upsetting sometimes. But the Lord was with me. And he, and he was just ministering to me. And he was ministering to my heart. He was saying, I'm with you. I am for you. And I've got you in this. And a lot of times, these Beatitudes that we're looking at, I think we sort of, they're all a matter of our heart. They're a matter of our character. And a lot of times we hide these. And I want to really get into them and talk about them because I think it's important for us to understand what they are. There's eight of them. So what is a Beatitude? A Beatitude actually is a blessing. It's a blessing. It's not a Beatitude, like be this way. It's actually a blessing. And each of these that Jesus walks through as he opens the Sermon on the Mount is he gives you like this this status of your heart and then a blessing that goes with it. And how many of you know that we don't, we don't act in a certain way to get blessing or to receive anything, but what God is showing us here, and we're going to walk through these, is that there is this way of, from a character perspective that we can be that has blessing and brings blessing on this earth to us as well. So verse 3 starts with this. This is the first one. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're like, wait a second. How can I be poor? I am not poor. And then you look up the word. Like, you know, okay, maybe the Greek word says something slightly different. Maybe it didn't really mean poor. Maybe there's another word or translation for it of what poor is. No, it pretty much means poor. Pretty much means lacking something, needing something. And you say, but poor in spirit, I don't, I thought that when I accepted Jesus Christ, my spirit was 100% whole and made whole, and you are whole, and yes, that is all true. But what Jesus is talking about here is that when we are poor in spirit, it it means this, it means those who confess their need for God. Those who confess their need for God. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't know where my wife is, but... Pastor Liz, she exemplified, I can can say because she's not here. She exemplified, because she'd be embarrassed if I said in front of everybody, which I am, but she's not here. She exemplifies these beatitudes more than anybody else I've ever met. 
her reliance and her, especially these first couple, her reliance of her confessing her need for God, if you know her even just for a heartbeat or for a minute, you understand that this is part of how she operates. It says poor in spirit, if we confess our, this is like anti-cultural. Come on, church. This is like anti-America. I don't need anything. I am self-made. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made business owner. I'm a self-made, self-made, self-made. Look at myself. I can take a selfie. Self, 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 self. Need nothing. I don't need anybody's help. I can do this on my own. How many of us know that we cannot do everything on our own? In fact, you couldn't even breathe without God. He has given you life. He has given us this air. He has given us the breath in our lungs. We need God. Those who are poor in spirit, confess it. They say, you know what it means to confess? It means to be like, God, I need you. My drive to church this morning. God, I need you. I can't do this without you. I need you in my life in every way, in every shape, in every form. I need you in my marriage. I need you in my parenting. I need you in my job. I need you to help me work with the people in Wegmans when they can't pack my food right without squishing my cheese. Why put the heavy things on top of the cheese? Why? I love Wegmans. Train them. Tell them, don't put the stuff on the cheese. Right, But even in our silly challenges of life and the challenges that we have in our life, we need God. So this being poor in spirit doesn't mean you're poor or lacking something from a financial standpoint or from a bank account. It means that you are open and saying, I can't do this without you, God. And it is countercultural. As much then as it is now, this is why it's called flipping our attitudes upside down. And the moment you stand up, And believe to think that you personally had something to do with it all on your own? You're missing this scripture. You're missing that scripture. It's blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who confess their need for God. You ever think of a container... And there's something in the container. Before you can fill that container back up, you have to empty it out of whatever's in there. And this whole series, this whole these Beatitudes, is we have to look at our own attitudes and how we're living and begin to pour out the old ways and say, Lord, I want a new way. I want a new way. I want to, I want to be so reliant on God. And I've, in fact, church, when you get there, he will challenge you with things more and more and more to rely on him further. And it's interesting that the enemy, Satan, wants you to be self-sufficient, self-made person. Because he'll just leave you alone right there because you're in a bad spot. You're in a bad spot. But when we are relying on God, say, God, I need you. I can't do anything without you. He will then entrust you with more. He will then entrust you with a greater thing and says, okay, Jason, you're going to trust me in this? Will you trust me in this? And he's always calling us to the next level, to a higher level. And look at what it is. Blessed are they because they receive the kingdom of heaven. 
Those who are dependent and need God, their reward, their blessing for that is receiving the kingdom of heaven, which is what we talked about last week. We begin to receive this. And then the opposite of that is us feeling and walking around like we are all that and a bag of chips. Because I love you all, but you're not. I'm not. We're not. We are who we are because of God, of who God is in our life. Because of our testimony. So blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who have a dependency and a need for God in their life. The next one is this. Blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. And I think we read this, just like with the last verse we read, we mourn, we think of, you know, uh, when we lose a loved one. And we're mourning, and yes, God comforts those who mourn in that sense, but that's not what he's talking about here. What Jesus is talking about is those who mourn are those who grieve over sin. Mm. Those who grieve over sin. Sin. And I don't know about you sometimes, but when I mess up or when I fail, you have that sense on the inside. There's a difference between the condemnation that the enemy brings and a conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit and comes from God. And there's this mourning on the inside of us. It's a grieving. It's a grieving over, oh Lord, this is not right. And I need to change this in my life. And that is a blessing, church. That's a blessing. The opposite is everyone who walks around, including me half the time, like you got it all together. Like, you, I got no sin. I got no problem. Look at me. Wore my fancy shirt. Looking good. I got my, got my nice jeans on. Everything's good. I got no sin in my life. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. The Bible says all have sinned. This week... All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this beatitude, this G, what Jesus is telling us is blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve their sin. You're like, how did, that doesn't feel like a blessing to me. And it's a blessing to you because how God operates. And God says, when we confess our sins one to another, there is healing. When we confess our sins to the Lord, we are healed. We are saved. This is what this means. This is what this is talking about. This morning, those who grieve over personal sin. Look at David. You ever read the Psalms? You talk about a man after God's own heart. Yet I've never seen or met someone, maybe other than my wife, I've already talked about that, who will grieve and mourn sin more than I've seen from King David in the Bible. Lamenting, Lord. And I believe that God tells us this and shows us this so that we are positioning our heart. Remember, this is all about the heart. That we are positioning our heart to want to change. If you are not mourning and grieving the loss of that or the sin, then you can do all your trying you want to change. And it doesn't take. How many know that's true? Try and you try and you try on your own. But until you position yourself 
And you begin to grieve and to mourn that sin. And it is that peace, that character, that heart change in your life that begins to turn you to repentance, to truly turning away, to truly making a change in your life. And look at what the, what the uh, promise is there. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. There's always a blessing that comes along with this. They are then comforted. Those, they receive the comfort of God. How many of you, when you are in sin, when you're living in sin, you're not comfortable? Come on, you're not comfortable. If you're watching something you shouldn't be, you're like, right? Like, I am not comfortable right now. I'm watching a show that I probably shouldn't be, but maybe it's okay. Is it really a sin? I don't know. I'm just tired. I'm going to watch it anyway. Whoa. I'm not sure that's what Jesus is talking about right here. Saying, blessed are those who grieve sin. And I'll tell you what, my concern for the church and for, I mean, not us in particular, maybe a little bit, but my concern is that we don't even understand what sin is anymore. Pretty sure my Bible tells me exactly what sin is, but I believe we're beginning to walk around as a culture and even as a church, and we're like, eh, 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 that's okay. Teach be their own. It's all good. What's good for you is fine for me. Like, where does it say that in the Bible? We have people walk around angry all the time. God, God's talking about that as a sin. There are sins here in the Bible that is clearly there. And we should be mourning and grieving over every sin in our life. That's right. In our life. The distinction there is that I'm talking to us in your life. Not pointing out the sin in somebody else's life. You're like, "Mm, yeah, look at that person. I see what they're doing. Did you hear what show that they're watching? (gasps) Did you hear that? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't even watch the first episode. I had to turn it off immediately. Oh, the vulgarity. The sexuality was terrible. Yeah, and we start judging other people's sin. This is us saying, Lord, you're judging yourself here. And there's healing in that. There is freedom in that. There is comfort in that. You getting before the Lord and saying, Lord, this I understand. I read your Bible. I hear your word. It doesn't change. And I am living a way and I'm believing in a way that is not righteous, that is not of you. And when we begin to understand that and we have this beatitude of saying, Lord, I am mourning and grieving over this sin. I don't want to live here anymore. I don't want to live in this sin anymore. When we position ourselves there, you shall be comforted. Because God will begin to do a work in your life. And you will receive the comfort of the Lord. The next one, the third one. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I don't know how much I'm going to get into this one or not. I feel like this is like a whole message separate. Okay, I'll just preview it here a little bit. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You look at that word meek. Yes, it means gentle and kind, but there's a further meaning of it. And the meaning is those who humbly submit themselves to God and to others. Meek doesn't mean weak. 
And I think our society is taking, this is like a Jesus again flipping something upside down. When we think of meek, we think meek of mild, and everyone just beats me up and says whatever they want, I never say anything back, and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what we, that's what we believe our, what this word meek is. But this word meek, I, I like to call it a, uh, I wrote this down, is this, it's meekness is the submission to God. It's humbly submitting to God and to others, and it's strength under control. Mm. Meekness is a strength under control. You're not just a wild horse running out there. Like, that's what the world wants. I, I'm not under anybody's authority. I can do what I want. I, can't, I don't listen to the government. That President Biden. I don't listen to a word he says. I don't listen to this. My government officials, even though they're actually, God has appointed them and put them in place and in charge over us. But we walk around as if we're under no one's authority. That is a dangerous place to be. That is a dangerous place to be. I'm not part of any church. My ministry's separate. You know, I just, the, how many of those ministries actually end up failing? Because it is a dangerous place to be. And Jesus was meek, but he also pulled out some whips and flipped some tables when they were messing around in the temple. And so Jesus as being our example in life. Jesus' meekness was strength under control. When someone slapped him or someone hit him, he could have called all the angels down, fire down from heaven, boom. But that wasn't God's plan. And he had to have strength under control. And I believe that God has called all of us as Christians, myself and others, is we have to be meek and humbly submit ourselves to God and to others. But that doesn't mean we have to be weak. Because they are two completely separate things. And the interesting here is the blessing of this. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. First one was the kingdom of God. And all these beatitudes, they point back to number one. But this one is interesting, is that it says that they will inherit the earth. Which means to me, says that those who are humbly submitted to God and to others have a way of, of prosperity, for lack of a better word, on this earth. Because there is a system that God has put into place that when we submit ourselves to authority, there's protection and there's blessing. And I believe that's what the Lord is speaking to us here. Sid, if you want to come back up. I was concerned that I wouldn't get through all of these and it is true, I will not. Because I believe that I really want to, I don't want to rush through them because I feel like each one of them we really need to spend time on and understand. Just bow your heads with me this morning. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to spend a time, just a moment in God's presence this morning. And these Beatitudes is turning our attitudes upside down or looking at them completely different than the world looks at them. It can be challenging. 
I don't want to rush through them. I don't want to just give a bunch of quick one-liners for you to try to run off and do because I think each of these takes some time to process, takes some time to let's sit in our hearts for a few moments. as we're in God's presence here. I just want to read the first two. I just want us to take a moment and reflect on those. Reflect on our own lives. Nobody else. Not your neighbor, not your spouse, not your kids, not your boss, co-workers. I want you to ask the Lord this morning as I read these first two to show you where in your life that you need to change a heart issue. The word says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who confess their need for God. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Those who grieve over sin in their lives. For they shall be comforted. So Lord, we just come before you this morning. We ask by your Holy Spirit that you just begin to reveal. Reveal to us in our life where we've kept you out. Where we've said, I, I don't really need you in that area. Maybe you, didn't, maybe you didn't say it out loud. But somewhere there's a portion, a part of your life that you are not living fully dependent upon him. That you need to give it to him today even this morning as we're praying. I would encourage you just to say even under your breath, Lord, I give this to you. Whatever it is, Lord, I need you in this area of my life. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your parenting. Wherever it might be, invite him in today. Jesus, we invite you in fully, completely, totally. Lord, we admit and believe that we are fully dependent upon you today. And Lord, we thank you for your strength you've given us. We thank you for the air that we breathe. And Lord, we recognize this morning our full dependence upon you in every area of our life. Lord, that we would recognize that we are not self-made. But we are here because of you and who you are. And Lord, if there is sin in our life, so remove the word if. Lord, there is sin in our life. 
Father, I just put your hands on your heart. I don't normally do this, but I just, Lord, I ask you this morning to have a heart that grieves and mourns over that sin. And Lord, that I would recognize sin as it is stated in your word. And know, Lord, that you don't put those things out there for any other reason, Lord, but to help us. And so, Lord, we confess that sin this morning. Whether it's a way of living or a belief that we know does not line up with you, whatever it might be, Father, we mourn over that. Lord, expose it in our hearts. Show it to us on a deeper level. Lord, we want to repent. We want to move away from that. We want to turn from those things. We don't want them any longer to bind us, to hold us. So Lord, we give it to you today. And Father, we just thank you for a heart that is open to hear your word and to receive your grace. Lord, your word says as we confess, we are healed. Lord, so we confess this morning, we receive your grace, your mercy, and your healing. Lord, we thank you that you are with us and you are for us. precious name we pray amen amen guys you guys can look up here uh we've got some prayer teams that are going to be up here they're going to be up at the front and they can pray for you if you have never made jesus christ your lord and savior if you've never truly invited him in receiving him as your lord as your the one who has forgiven you of your sins you can do that this morning, and somebody up here can pray for you. Or if you need prayer for anything else in your life, maybe you need prayer for healing, maybe a relationship, maybe just agreement for an upcoming trip that you're going on, whatever it might be, I would just encourage you to come up front here and to get prayer as we close. Remember this Wednesday night is prayer night, 6.30, and then next week we'll have Jeremy Gall here, and then I'll pick up the week after that, right here where we left off. Let me just say a blessing over you guys as we close this morning. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you do really show us a different way to live. Not of the world's ways, but of a way that's not normal, that's different. So, Lord, I pray that we would each leave here taking these first couple of Beatitudes to heart. They would understand of what they are, what they look like, and how to live in a new way out of our heart. Lord, that you would just pierce our hearts with that truth. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Ephesians 3, it says this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints... What is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all 
the fullness of God. Amen and amen. We love you guys. We'll see you, well, Wednesday. And if not that, I'll see you in two weeks.